Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. What's going on, family? It's your man Gerard Bonner of Bonner Fide Radio, and this is On Course with Hart Ramsey. And we have a special session that we call Heart to Heart. In these particular sessions, it's where Pastor Hart Ramsey shares his heart with you about really all that's going on in the world, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, all sorts of cool things. Pastor Hart, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Gerard. How are you doing? I am good. So, of course, there's always plenty to talk about. I want to talk a little bit or at least kick this off with a music conversation, and then we're going to dig into some questions that we have from some of our listeners. Um, so right now, again, I tell you, I, I love what's happening in the faith-based community uh, in terms of how we respond to things. So recently, Tasha Cobbs has released a new project. Um, excuse me, Tasha. Tasha Cobbs Leonard has released a new project and uh, she's got a collaboration on there with Nicki Minaj. Uh, Snoop Dogg right now is in the studio working on a gospel project that features Fred Hammond and Kim Burrell and the Walls Group and a whole bunch of other people. And there are lots of people, of course, who have lots to say. I want to hear your thoughts on these kinds of collaborations, do you think they're good for our business uh, or not? And then we'll address why people say what they say. But first of all, your thoughts on these collaborations. Well, you know, I'm, I'll keep it real simple. The Bible says, let everything that have breath <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> if these people got breath, then let them praise the Lord. I mean, I, I mean, I have no problem against if The Lord is against hypocrisy. Right. Okay. Um. The laws against hypocrisy, and I don't think it, it anything that I've heard. And by the way, I heard I heard the, the rap on Tasha's record. I'm not a Nicki Minaj fan. Mm-hmm. Um, she's had some hits, but I'm not a fan of her rap style. So I, I, I'm not going to even. But that's not even the point. The point I think in this is that uh, I think Tasha. I see what Tasha is doing. Yeah. And, it's, and man, you know what? Somebody got to go get him. Right. I think here's what Gerard. Here's this is powerful. When people respect us, we have to use our our influence to leverage their salvation. Absolutely. In other words, there's some people, we, no one else could go after them. If, they, if, they, if they're a fan of yours, use that and go after them and go after their soul, not just after their friendship or after their name to say, I know so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Go, I mean, minister to them. You have an open door. God opened an effectual door for you to go and share the gospel, then you do it. And if they, if they want to be a part of something you're doing, or they ask you, don't turn them down and say, well, we got to get you saved first. No. <laughs> right. Let us spit some. I mean, if she ain't cussing, she ain't doing anything that's derogatory. I mean, you be in charge of, of the way the narrative plays out, but you you give her a chance to do it, and I think it was a good thing. And I have no problem with Snoop Dogg doing this record to honor. I think his grandmother is, mm-hmm. is doing to honor her. I have no problem with that, man. Man, some of the safe people are doing records. We need to be checking them out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Boy, that could turn a corner. But you're exactly right. You are exactly right. So what what do we say to this? Because you know, I I. I Again, I get bothered by the fact that some people I feel are so short-sighted that they can't see the bigger picture. 
you know, and I really feel like there is a bigger picture to these kinds of collaborations. I mean, even if you just take the Christian, non-Christian thing off of it for a second, you know, if you just look at it musically, why wouldn't you want the biggest female rapper to partner with one of the biggest female names in another genre, and the genre happens to be gospel. Like, it's a win-win from a business perspective. It's a win-win from, you know, gaining more exposure and the like. Why do you think people are so short-sighted and have such a hard time seeing a bigger picture? The answer is going to freak you out. Here Here it is. Because we have not taught the average believer the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. And, I'm, and, and I know it's a weird answer, but I'm going to show you. Hmm. What we do is we come to the Lord, we get saved, and we take on the, the, um, the ministry philosophy of the particular church that we joined or got saved in. Okay. Instead of, instead of the people, for example, why would Jesus use the boat of a known cussing fisherman who himself admitted uh, depart from me, Lord, I'm a, I'm a wicked man. Why would Jesus use his boat to preach the gospel um, to the crowd that's around him? This is interesting. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus used his boat because for two reasons. Number one, um, he, needed to, he needed the platform to speak to the people. But then the man needed something from the Lord, too. Right. And that and that's the what we missed. We, sometimes we use the wrong storylines to to kind of define how we're going to live out a situation. Wow. When you look at the, Jesus, he went. Why did he call Matthew the tax collector? He was hated. He was a thief. It was we, all all that goes along with the publican of that day. Why would he do that? Because Jesus said in John chapter three verses seven verse seventeen, he said, "I think the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's life. I came to salvage them. I came to save them. I I didn't come to 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 judge people. I came." Uh, um, there's a time for judgment, but I came that men will be saved, that their lives will be will be um, uh, rescued. Right. And I think we we've been rescued, or many of us, for so long that we despise seeing a rescue. Good. It's good. almost like we don't know what a rescue is supposed to look like anymore. And 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 yes, on every level, to me, the col- the collaboration is a great deal. D- did you realize this? That um, back in the day when Kirk Franklin did that song. He let, um, what's the name from Salt and Pepper, do the rap on Stomp. You remember that? Yes, I remember. It wasn't long after that she was saved. That's true. Th- th- there's no way to have that kind of interaction and not leave you some kind of way. It is, it's either going to leave you worse or better. That's right. But you don't stay the same. There's no way, you know, no one has ever encountered Jesus and say, well, I was unfazed. Or, no, you know, God. <laughs> right. God, up in a situation that it, it's like the Lord came in the building today and we were bored. Right. No, it doesn't. It doesn't happen like that. What happens is when 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 people encounter the Lord, there's no way for the Lord to touch you and you stay the same. Wow. And, and I think that's that's the that's the the, the um the spiritual side of that answer is is that we've been we've been taught to embrace only the ideology or the, or the ministry philosophy of the particular church we're connected to at the moment until. We get we get a wild hair, or we get offended, and say the Lord told me to, my season is over. And then we go and we adopt another ministry philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's us. It's, it's something is is inherently wrong in the way we're discipling believers. Wow, that's a heavy answer. <laughs> that, that, no, it, it is, and and it really does cause for us to kind of take a pause and think about that because I think too often. Many of us have more of a devotion 
to our church than yep. to Jesus? Ooh. Well, did, what about this? Many of us know more about our church than we know about Jesus. <laughs> That's the truth. Wow. That is so true, though. Be- and, and, and for some reason, I think it's because we we are somehow taught, and, and I don't know if it's verbally taught or if it's a culture kind of teaching that says what you do or what you learn about the church equals what you do or what you learn about God. But that's not necessarily true. Right. It's not true. And so it, it, it creates a real Oh, that's so interesting. So that leads us to some of the questions that we've been getting um, from some of our listeners over time. And I think this is probably a perfect lead into this. One of the questions is about church hurt. Yes. And the question um, is, how do we define church hurt? Is it that the church hurt you or is it that an individual hurt you? Um, You know, I think. The answer is yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let me show you what what happens. You know, it's it's weird. Church hurt. I'll be, first, I'm gonna start with me. I've been hurt in church. Yes. What if I told you that God is the one that orchestrates the church hurt? Wow. I'm, 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 and this is people say, "What? No, no let, me, let me explain it." The Apostle Paul told the church in Thessalonica. He said, "You have you have no need." I believe it's, it's, it's um. Thessalonians. He said, you have no need that I teach you how to love one another. He said, for God himself teaches you to love one another. Mm-hmm. And what I believe what God does is that in every, uh, if you read the book of Acts in the sixth chapter, the Bible says that there was, there was an issue that was going on um, because um, the, the blending together of the different cultures and different people and different personalities and, and different value systems that makes up the church. He said the problem became that, that, um, the, the Hellenistic Jews were being overlooked in the daily um, um, administration of the food and the different items that they, they, they had in common. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that it is caused a problem. What was happening? Their love was being tested and developed. But you know the 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 the, um, the, uh, the resolution to that that a lot of people don't preach on that is a, a beautiful resolution is that the apostle said, "Man, listen." Um, you guys need to work that out because it's not meat for us. It's not proper for us to leave the word of God and prayer to serve tables. Right. He said, if you, you got the Holy Ghost. You can serve table. He said, choose you up from among you men who are full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom and character and um, uh, integrity. He said, let them uh, preside over the matter. And that's where the, the ministry of the deacons came from. Right. But here's where we missed Gerard. This was a totally Jewish a totally Jewish gathering. Back then, the church was strictly Jewish. It was it was some Greek speaking Jews and some traditional Jews. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what the church was made up of originally. But the the, the Greek speaking Jews, the Hellenistic Jews, um, were the ones who had the complaint. So what the rest, what the group did was when they chose the seven deacons, look at their names. They each have Hellenistic names. Wow. I'm I'm, I'm put this. I'm, let me bring the, the a situation and make it modern. Imagine. That we're we're a, a multiracial church, okay. and the black people in the church are saying, "You know what, man? We're being treated differently. They ain't doing us right." And so the so the, the complaint because we we handle things by resolution, not by revolution. The complaint goes up to the leadership, and the leadership says, "You know, you know, y'all, y'all, we've been teaching you the word. Y'all got the Holy Ghost. Y'all work it out. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to choose some people from among you, and we're gonna put them over it. Make sure they got the, the feel the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and let them handle the matter." 
and and the predominantly imagine that the predominantly white congregation chooses seven black men because mm. that's what happened wow. the church chose seven hellenistic jews we could tell by their names to oversee the problem and I think, you know, as, as we speak to this issue about church hurt, it comes to this. Normally what happens is there's, there's, there's a, um, a personality conflict or a value conflict or, 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 or whatever. There's a conflict that happens between people. It happens between personalities and persons. And the way the church at, at large is perceived, because, for example, let's say we go into a 5,000 member church. I may only know 100 people. Mm-hmm. So the way that 100 people respond to the, the conflict between me and this other person, I could leave that church and say, man, I, that church hurt me. But really, it wasn't the church. I knew 100 people at the church and only 10 people were involved in my situation. And of that 10, only five did me wrong. But now you say that church hurt me. So now everyone's saying that all of 5,000 people hurt you. No, it was five. Right. So this is why I said about church hurt. Whenever we're given an opportunity To grow in love, we also have the opportunity to become offended. Mm. The way we respond to hurt or when person wrongs us, the Bible says, is I go to my brother one on one. If he doesn't hear me, I go. I take someone with me. If they don't, if that doesn't work, then I take it to the leadership of the church. Right. Watch this. I have to trust that the leadership of the church is going to make a decision. Let's say the leadership of the church makes a decision that's against my better or my better judgment or against my interest. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can't leave the church and say that the church hurt me because they ruled against my position. Right. Suppose, suppose they do rule against my position and suppose they got it wrong. Then that's when my love kicks in and say, God, I trust that, that eventually you're going to make this right. Right. It's happened at NCC where I've made a, 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 the wrong judgment in a situation and the person didn't leave. They stayed. And, and years later, the, the Lord showed me where it was wrong. I, had, I went to the person and said, you know what? I got this wrong. And they say, Pastor, you know what? I knew you got it wrong, but I knew there's some stuff you didn't know. And I just pray for you because you're my man of God. And I just thank God for you. And they grew. Wow. The same scenario happened with other people. And they left and they, and they badmouthed me in the church. Mm-hmm. I've been hurt by church. I've been hurt on my job. Mm-hmm. I've been hurt in, in grocery stores. I've, been, I've had bad service in restaurants. Right. Restaurant hurt. Um, um, job hurt. Hospital hurt. It's all hurt. Yeah. But we only... Only make a big deal about it when it happens in the church. You know why? Because it's that that is driven by the enemy. Mm-hmm. It's it's a ploy to separate us from the place where we're being fed, to se- separate us from the household of God, the household of faith, so that we, we do not continue to grow. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. We got something to say. Listen. Did you know that there is power in your words? Cement that with the brand new remixes to the single It Is So from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir. Pick up the remixes to It Is So from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir. Available now at all digital outlets. Let's go! Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. 
prayer at first was a struggle because you know it, it really takes faith to pray you have to you have to trust that God is like a person he's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer in this book you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want it's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about him yes. pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Man, that, that's really, really good. Because uh, even I'm thinking about it, you're right. You know, we don't hear a whole lot of people, you know, or I'm not eating at this restaurant anymore because, you know, I mean, some might make that decision, but it's certainly not uh, verbal and vocal. And more importantly, they don't say I'm not eating anymore. <laughs> yeah, what about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not eating anymore because I had this one bad meal. Like it just it doesn't happen. So here's another question that's come up, and I think this is an interesting one. What what do you say to introverts in ministry? Now it almost seems like an oxymoron because obviously ministry deals with people, but you do have a number of uh people who are introverts and yet they are called to some facet of ministry. Uh, how does an introvert deal with, with ministry? The first thing that I, I would like to say, because I'm an introvert myself, and one of the things that's important is, uh, as an introvert, you have, to, you have to take note on how you replenish. Okay. Um, introverts replenish by themselves. In other words, you need a lot of alone time. Mm -hmm. And I would say to an introvert in ministry that, that you should measure your battery. That, what that means is, be aware of when you're running out of people um, juice or people power. Yeah. There, I, there, like, I can be around people for a certain amount of time, and then I have to get away. Right. I, I, I'd say, okay, I got to go because I could tell it's time for me to go and recharge. I got to plug in. Mm -hmm. um, that's one thing. The second thing is, is important. I think a, a Bishop Jake said this. Um, you can be a turtle if you want to, but when it comes time to do ministry, you got to stick your head out. Wow. You can't do ministry in the shell. That's good. So I think um, as an introvert, you have to master the world of an extrovert. Your, your, your ministry requires a certain amount of extroversion. So you have to become, um, to some degree, if this is a term, a multi-vert. Um, you, you have to be able to um, be, be who you need to be in that moment. In other words, I'm not becoming somebody else, but I have a, a, another persona. Right. Like, like, for example, let me tell you, first of all, people think that introverts are these quiet, uh, um, docile people. No, introverts are just like everybody else. But the difference is we do stuff only around people we're comfortable around and people we trust. Uh -huh. So what I do, what has helped me a lot is, is that when I get ready to minister in front of people, my trust level is not, is not based on the people, it's based on the Lord. Okay. I've become very familiar with the Lord and how he operates my gift. And so when I go out there, I can be myself and be comfortable because I know he got me. Right. I know he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he, when the gift turns on, that's when he shines through me. And that's when I can have fun watching him or hearing him work through me. Yeah. So introvert has to become very, very aware of them, of not so much of themselves because we're always aware of ourselves, but become aware of the Lord and the way, and your gift and the way he chooses to use your gift. Um, work hard at, at, um, treating shyness as fear because that's what it is my shyness is nothing but fear and god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power 
and of love and of a self-controlled mind. In other words, a mind that that um, is in control of the moment. I, God has given me the ability by his Holy Spirit to control the moment. That's what a sound mind means. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. that's really good. That's really, really good. I want to I want to stay there for a second, because one of the things that, that I've seen over time and I know many others and I'm sure you've seen it as well is how, how does a you know, a person who is gifted and who is able to utilize those gifts uh, on small and large stages uh, tends to pull a crowd. And sometimes in pulling that crowd, uh, they can find themselves attached to uh, either the applause of people or even attached to relationships from people who are in that crowd. And so here's my question. How or what would you say to a person who is very gifted? How do they learn the difference between applause that's coming for you as a person or for your gift? Mm. Um, you know what? I'll be honest with you, man, and, and I'll say this just so people won't get hurt. Um, ninety percent of the time, the applause is for your, the applause is for your gift. Um, mm-hmm. It's a powerful thing. There are some people who are called to your ministry, and there are people who are called to you. Oh, that's good. Um, um, the people who are called to you, you have to be careful because they, they're going to love you whether you're winning or losing, and sometimes they get too confused. Wow. They, some people can love you so much that they, they become blind to your need to change, mm-hmm. or, 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 or blind to the fact that that. Um, um, that ministry moment did not go over as well as it, as it should have. And, and you have to be careful. I can't measure my ministry or my, that moment by, by the applause. Now, I, I want to I add this, okay? Um, the, m- m- most of us in ministry, um, unless we're very conscious of, of this, is that we tend to measure the success or the effectiveness of what God calls us to do, not only by the people that applaud, but the people that show up. Wow. And one of the things that had to happen, uh, I think is right around, NCC is going to 21 years old, and right around the 12th year of ministry, God began to shift my thinking from, from counting empty seats to counting full seats. That's good. You see, and so what I had to do, um, what I had to do was um, make it my business to be good with whoever shows up and, and realizing that my assignment was not to the people that didn't come, my assignment is to people, the people that did come. That's good. Another thing, also, Gerard is is I would some, I, as a teacher, I would get up and and start teaching, and I would I used to base my um my willingness to turn the corner to the next part of the of the lesson on the people's response to the, the previous part, and the Lord had to show me that many times as a teacher, people are listening to me. They're not going to respond because they're learning. Sometimes people learn in silence. Right. And so what I what I had to learn to to do was to realize. That I have the power of excitement in my hand. If I want people to become excited, I have to incite them. Mm. Excitement don't just break out. Whenever I hear somebody say, come on, get excited. That's, that's the weirdest thing to say. You want to get excited, incite them. Give them something to be excited about. Right. And sometimes you don't want, I don't want excitement. Sometimes what I want is calm and quiet. And I want you listening. I want your wheels turning. Mm-hmm. And so I think as as um. As a person who's up there on the platform, I got to know what I'm going for. Right. What, what, am I, what am I expecting from the moment? Let's say I'm a singer and I have this song that, that is very didactic. That means it's an instructional, instructional song that's intended to move you to thinking. Because, <clears throat> because at the end of it, I want you to worship. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to say, all right, go ahead. No, no, I want, you to, I want to sing the song away at the beginning that draws you in. So I won't be loud at first. I must be real. I'm going to be intentional about placing my words and placing my phrasing and, and 
choosing my volume so I can draw you in. Right. Because what I'm going after is your heart. I have to know whether I'm going after their heart or after their heads or after their hands. Wow. Man, that's really good. That's really, really good. I hope you guys are, are catching some things from this. One other question that came up um, was revisiting this idea. You mentioned it in a previous podcast about how early church music, you know, for the people who uh, kind of going back to how we started this podcast, the people who are upset about, you know, these collaborations with <laughs> artists from other things. Well, you mentioned in an earlier podcast that church music, early church music was based on drinking songs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elaborate on that. <laughs> well, you know, back during the Reformation, um, uh, people were getting saved faster than um, than they could disciple them. And and so when you, it's, it's one thing that, that we, we have a meeting, uh, or, or, or a revival meeting, and 100 people come and 50 get saved. But what about you have a revival meeting and 10,000 come and 5,000 get saved? Right. So, so, um, and then we have to have church within the next the next week. So what they, what people start doing was um, what what they start doing was writing the um, the the, uh, the reformers were writing their doctrine as lyric and using the melodies of drinking songs that the people already knew from being in in the bars and putting the, the it was easy for the people to remember the the um the lyrics these these new doctrinal lyrics. To, to melodies that they, they could recognize. As a matter of fact, I was doing a, a, a music conference in Detroit recently, and 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 I I I, I love to do this exercise. Mm -hmm. And so I said to them, "You don't understand the power of music, in in particular the power of melody." Notice the Lord didn't say make rhythm in your heart to the Lord. He did not say make chords in your heart. He said make melody right. in your heart to the Lord, because melody is, is is a unique spiritual device. And so I I asked them, "How many of you remember the old McDonald's song?" That describe what went into a Big Mac. Mm -hmm. And listen, there were people who started singing it word for word. Yes. And I asked them this question. Did you memorize those lyrics from years and years ago when it came out? And everybody laughed. They said, no. I said, well, how did you remember the words? They said, listen, they said, when, when you said the song, I start singing the melody and all the words came back. Man, look, you remember that you know that song Amazing Grace shall always be my song of praise? Mm -hmm. Remember I told you this before in a, in a previous podcast that that's the old jazz standard Danny Boy. That sure is. Right. Oh, and, wow. and, you, and you'd be surprised that the songs that we remember the most have the most familiar melodies to our minds. And and I'm working on my um third jazz record now. And and, and I my my first record was very melodic. I didn't even try to do a lot of chops and playing and stuff. But my second record, people were saying, you know, you should have played more. So my second record, I decided I'm going to show people I could play. Mm -hmm. I'm not just a, 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 a melody writer. So I, my second record, it was it was good. I, I got some acclaim from it. But it was about chops and, and licks. And But I decided on this record to go back to melodies. And so I was playing the record, all the demos as I'm working on them. And my wife is like, I really, really like that. She's not a jazz fan. Okay. But. The melodies, she can, she can remember the melodies. Yeah. And that's what they did. And all, to me, listen, as far as um, Kirk Franklin sometimes will take an old song and put a new lyric on it, man, I'm all for it. I'm here for all of that. Yeah, yeah. I God think, is not stuck up as people are. No, he's not. He's not. And I really wish people would get that. I think we get so stuck on the wrong things that it ultimately limits our ability to really see God move because God's trying to do things in unconventional ways, but we're so stuck with 
what we call tradition, which was actually kind of cutting edge way, way, way back. Right. They used to say Andre Crouch was too, Andre Crouch is too worldly. Andre Crouch, he's in hymnals today. <laughs> Listen, Andre Crouch has written so many songs. I remember when he passed and they kept singing Andre. I was like, why are they singing these congregational songs? Like, I thought this was an Andre Crouch. And then you go, oh, he wrote that too? Right. Like, he wrote so many things. I remember as a kid, I just thought they were hymns and i just thought they were songs of the church you know and they were songs of andre, oh, andre crouch and, and when he wrote them at the time people were like they're just so worldly uh, it sounds just like the world listen people are going to find fault and it's the enemy the spirit behind it is a spirit of division yeah. it's a spirit of of um it's a fault finding spirit intended to divide the body and rob people of the of the giftedness we are so we always limit ourselves to, to what's church music or what's church listen church that man listen the world gets so far ahead because there's no limit on their creativity right right it's it's funny that you mentioned that because when i was watching the vmas uh when they came on not long ago i was amazed at some of the themes that i saw there first of all there was a, a lot of creativity but they were taking time to talk about subject matters that i'm going why aren't we talking about this? They right. had they had a song, uh, one of the big songs they talked about dealt with body shaming and image and you're beautiful with, with scars and you're beautiful with the flaws you've been created with. And I'm going, well, that's something we should be talking about. You know, Bible says we're beautifully and fearfully and wonderfully made like, uh, yeah. And then <laughs> and then there was one song with a, a rapper who had a choir and uh, it was the the song is a phone number, but it's like the phone number to a suicide prevention line. Wow. Who was that? Um, what's the guy's Logic. name? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Man. It was incredible. And then like at the end, he was literally preaching and I'm going, y'all don't see that. Like, this is incredible. And it's like, we have just limited ourselves to talking about the table of shoe bread and the tabernacle and all of yeah. these things that can be so far off when it's very clear that the world is like, we need help. Yeah. And, and, and the, the church, we, we abdicating our role yes. because, because our thing is you want help, then come into the house of the Lord. <laughs> Which is crazy because it's like if we see where they need, you know, it's like if you have an accident, we don't tell them, well, you know, you come uh, and bring your car right now over to the mechanic before we can get you out of the car. No, we're going to come to where you are, get you out of the car and get you taken care of before we start handling all the other things. And it's like we've got to be good enough and comfortable enough to go to where people are and say, okay, I can this is portable. I can take this to you. You don't have to be stuck in the church for me to initially help you. And it's, right. yeah, it's, it's wild and crazy. Anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed today's session. This has been a lot of fun answering some of your questions. Um, and so if you have questions that you would like for us to answer, uh, again, hit us up via social media and use the hashtag heart to heart, H-A-R-T, the number two, H-E-A-R-T. We want to answer your questions. We know you have them. Nothing's really off limits. As you can tell, we talk about a little of everything here. So by all means, send those questions to us. And we will be glad to answer those. Remember to share this podcast with a friend and subscribe and rate our podcast on iTunes and Google Play. And we'll be back next time with another episode of On Course with Heart Ramsey.